We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Amen. Well, I tell you what, um, I got, uh, I had a good time in preparing for this, um, preparing for this message. So I'm a hope that you guys enjoy it the same way that I did. But if you shouldn't, if you don't, um, just know that my, my goal was never to entertain you. It was never to entertain you. However, to present to you a word that if you fully grasp it, if you allow yourself to fully grasp it, it puts you in the position for God to use you greatly. Now, I know some people, they listen to it because they're hunting for the blessing part. I'm looking for the part that tells me how to be blessed. This is not that. However, if you listen to the word, receive the word, and apply the word, it will put you in a position to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. For some of us, that matters a whole, whole lot more. So let's go to Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13, and I'm in NIV, the NIV version. <laughs> it's so cute to see all the dads with the babies. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> Giving mommies a break and dads with babies. Let me know when you're there. Judges chapter 13, NIV. If you got it, say got it. Do it again. If you got it, say got it. Okay, I just wasn't sure to see if it was a big majority or it was safe to move. I'll read, you follow along. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man, a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, I know that we are in our Turn Down the Noise series, but since it's Mother's Day, we went ahead and pushed, pause for a moment on that so we can speak directly to the day. So there are a lot of women in scripture that we could have spoke about today. Um, God has done such amazing things through so many women and so many moms. So as I'm going through it, I'm studying, I see different stories of moms like that, that's, that'll preach, that'll preach, that'll preach. And there's a story in all of them, but this, this text, this mom stuck out to me. It had a place in my heart because throughout the text, there is very little, even though she is the most active participant in the text, there is very little mention about specifically her. We weren't even given a name for her. All we know is she is Manoah's wife. Sometimes in scripture they say Manoah's wife, daughter of such and such, or Manoah's wife of the Benjaminite, something. They give you some type of context. This gave us no context for her. But yet the active participant in the text is her. And to me that just screamed motherhood. It screamed, it just screamed motherhood because we play such a role, but very rarely, and it's not because people are being funny with us. It's not like they're trying to neglect us or trying to, you know, downplay us or belittle us or anything, but it's just, it is what motherhood is. So for those of you in the audience, mothers or not, 
that feel like you might have faded to the background of the text, that feels like you have become just words on paper of somebody else's story of greatness. Look at Manoah's wife in this, and there's one thing that we can learn for certain is that if you follow God's instruction, if you do what he said, how he said it, the world and the kingdom will be affected by your existence. That the future will be impacted by the fact that you played a part. And while they may never know your name, and they may never give you an accolade for doing so, they will know that you were here. Because that's why we are reading about her today. Amen? Okay, let's keep reading. Let's go back to verse, let's see. Verse 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and you are childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth. Now, to all of our, um, for those of us who are developing a study life, let me give you a hint. Anytime you see opposites and contrasts in Scripture, grab your highlighter and highlight that. So it says, You are barren and childless. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. Grab your highlighter. Go ahead and do that. Because that means there's something I need to dig deeper into that. It shows me something I want to look a little further into. Because right there in that sentence, you see the contrast where our limitation meets his boundlessness. Where our come up short meet his always on time. You know what I mean? Right there when those two meet. And it made me think of the word barren. Now, the word barren means not producing or incapable of producing offspring. Not producing, incapable of producing offspring. And right there I got excited because I can think of seasons of not producing, that not being capable of producing anything. And it's not because I wasn't trying. It just wasn't happening. It didn't matter how much I prayed. It didn't matter how much time I spent. It didn't matter how much money I spent. When all of my resources were gone, I just came up short. I just couldn't make it happen. There are barren spaces. Like, we'll, we'll take it in the, for the moment out of the context of just pregnancy and reproduction. But have you ever been in a barren season? That applies to our men, too. That no matter what it comes to, I'm just not capable. God, I have prayed this in every way. I've been faithful. I have done. But I am not capable. And I love how in this text, God's bountiless comes steps up and says that in the season where you cannot produce... I am going to bring forth through you. I am going to step onto the scene and I'm going to bring forth to you. It made me think of in 2020, how many times in 2020 we were in positions that were barren. And all of the things that we stand and look at that God brought forth in a barren season. We have families that were made. We have houses that were purchased. We have businesses that were in a season where the world was barren and nobody could produce. God steps on the scene, but I'm going to produce through you. Amen. Okay, let's keep going because I, I don't want to. I know we have dinner reservations and motherhood plans and I, um, Mother's Day plans, and I want to go ahead and make sure that I use your limited attention span um, in this time. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and you will have a son. Okay, so. Verse 5, he says, you know, you're becoming pregnant. You're going to have a son. He starts giving instruction. Don't cut his hair. He's, you know, 
telling you when you when you get him, this is what it's gonna be. He's gonna be a Nazarite. He's gonna be, and you can get really excited about verse five, but verse five is preceded by verse four, and in verse four it's saying you cannot drink, don't drink, don't drink anything from. It. It's telling you not to touch. There's instructions in verse four that come before the pregnancy. You get what I'm saying? So before you bask in the prophecy of verse 5, you first have to walk in the discipline of verse 4. And that's where the gotcha is. Because it's different, like, so you guys weren't around back then. I know a whole lot. Well, some of, y- some of y'all I've known for a very long time. Um, our son Jordan is 21. Like, people usually like to do the math. Like, okay, you're 21. You've been married for how long? Yes, we had him before we were married. <laughs> we, were t- we were teen parents, okay. And... I didn't know that he was there until I found out he was there. <laughs> like, oh, whoa, okay. And then the one day it was just me, and then the next day okay, he was there, and it's like, okay. And then everything had to change. Like, I had to eat different. I had to do, like, I, now that I know, I probably should chill. Like, I have to, you know, make sure that I don't consume things that I shouldn't consume. But he was already there. See, it, you're willing to make the adjustment when you already have it. But what God is asking is for you to do the adjustment before it already comes. Somebody say preparation. Preparation is a phase that nobody likes because it's different if I put myself in restrictions because I have something I need to keep. But when I don't yet have it and God is calling me to put barriers in place and restrictions in place and limits in place for myself, it's a little bit more difficult to accept preparation. But the danger in not preparing is if I had done all of these reckless things, I would have put what I was carrying at risk. This is why you cannot dodge preparation. And what is so cool about um, the God, God's instruction, he told her, you can't drink, don't drink wine, don't drink fermented things, um, stay away from everything that's unclean. Those are the requirements like of a Nazarite, which he speaks of, this child will be a Nazarite. So let's explain what a Nazarite is. We'll get more in detail on that later. A Nazarite is someone who has willingly taken the vow of consecration to God, and they, the, the requirements of them, they do not drink um, any wines, they do not um, touch or handle unclean things or dead, dead things, and they do not, they're never to cut their hair. That is somebody who has taken the vow as a Nazarite. Well, Manoah's wife, who we do not know the name of, was not a Nazarite. She was just a mom. So she was called to walk out the instruction of a Nazarite, not because it affected her, but because it would affect what she was carrying. Everything that God calls you to isn't about you. I didn't tell you to stop because I was trying to make you. No, it was because what I was about to trust you with can't come in contact with what I'm telling you to separate yourself from. God hasn't been trying to tell you to tame your tongue just to make you better. Yes, it will make you better. It will make you a better Christian. Yes, it will. But it's not necessarily just about you. It's because what I'm trying to bring through you, I need to be able to trust your mouth. And that can't be there if I'm going to be able to use it. There are disciplines. There are structures. There are expectations that he has that are to make you a good breeding ground for what he's wanting to bring through you and to birth through you. Amen? Somebody say preparation. I feel safe to keep moving. How about you guys? Okay, so you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. I explained that to you. Dedicated to God from the womb. So one of the things about um, a, a Nazarite, it says that they do not drink 
they can't drink and they don't cut their hair and they don't um, handle dead things. Well, that made them stick out a little bit, wouldn't you say? If you never, ever get a haircut, you can look a little different. And I'm not talking about like, oh, it's been a long time, this quarantine, lockdown, the barbershops, I can't get my haircut. No, I'm talking about for your life, for the duration, you're not going to get your haircut. So then obviously you kind of stand out. Well, the word Nazarite in the Hebrew means consecrated or separated. He says that what you are carrying is to be consecrated, separated, and dedicated to me. It will be consecrated, separated, and dedicated to me from the womb. That means from the beginning. That means you're going to carry it, but it's mine. And any of you who have walked through pregnancy, you're going to go through the discomfort of it. And you're going to go through the fatigue that comes with carrying it. And you're going to go through the restlessness that comes with carrying it. But please understand that it's mine. Don't get so comfortable claiming what is mine. Because you can't handle what I'm bringing through you on your instruction. See, that's, where we, that's, that's the got you. Because we want to handle what God is birthing through us in the way that we've decided that it should be handled. But this thing is already consecrated, separated, and dedicated to the Father before you got a chance to put your hands on it. Let me just plug this in here right, right quick. Um, for all of us parents, there's instruction for how you handle God's stuff. And little he or she is in your possession, but they are not yours. They are his. And you have a responsibility on how you talk to them. You have a responsibility on who you trust them with and who you trust to be around them. You have a responsibility and you will have to answer to God for how you handle his stuff. Amen? Amen. So let's go back to this Nazarite vow. So Nazarites have this long, long hair and they're walking around and that makes them obvious to people. When you see them, you know the vow that has been made. What am I saying? What he's, he is telling you what is coming through you needs to look like it's in covenant with me. Yeah. It should be obvious what I birthed through you is in covenant with me. See, let, I'm, I'm going to let that sit. Because what we like to do is be so excited about what we're getting that we decide what the look of it is. We decide what the situation calls for. We decide. But anything that comes from us, anything that he birthed through us, it needs to look like it's in covenant with God. Amen? It should be identifiable that it is in covenant with God. Now let's just go back and look at it. It made me think about all of the different things that God has blessed our home with in just this year. And this year is only halfway finished. But businesses and households, you know, you get, you get your brand new house. It needs to be a place where God is felt. It's not just your children, but when I always say, God, cover my children and let them look like you. Be in what they say and what they do. And I understand that children are not going to be perfect, but God, let your favor rest on them so that when people see them, they see you. Because what he is birthing through you needs to look like him. Amen? I think we're moving along quite nicely. What do you guys think? Okay, so let's, let's start to, to bend towards a close. Let's go down to verse 8. 
It says, then Manoah prayed to the Lord. Pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you, let the man of God you sent to us come again and teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. I've read this story so many times, and I do not know how I managed to miss that piece. But remember when we were talking about the fact that it's not yours? Manoah said he did the right, he did the right thing. He did it right. He said, God, you know what? What you are birthing through me, what you are birthing through my wife, I don't have an instruction for. I don't know how to do this. It says she was barren and she was childless. He's never been a father before. She's never been a mother before. And God, where you're taking us, I don't have a reference for. I don't know how to be who you need me to be when it comes to this. I don't know what to do with what you are giving me. That's the first part for those of us knowers in the place. Because it is easy to assume that, yes, I'm excited about the blessing that you're giving me, so let me just run with my own knowledge, my own strength. He said, no, no, no. God, send him back. The man who brought the message, bring him back. Because I need him to tell me how to do what I'm supposed to do with what he's giving me. I thank God because sometimes as a mom, I don't know if it's pride or you feel like we're supposed to know. But there are certain seasons that come like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know the answer. And I think that because the world offers so much judgment for you not knowing, you don't really know where to take all that you don't know. Like sometimes there are some situations, there are some things that rise up in our children, in our homes. It's like, I don't recognize this. I don't know what to do with this. You know, we always have the instruction, pray about it. You know, you pray about it. Okay, yes, God. Yes, God. But my prayer is bring me back some instruction. Give me, tell me how to walk this out. Speak to me on this. And not just peace, love, and joy. Speak to me instruction. Tell me what to say. Tell me what not to say. Tell me where they can go. Tell me where they can't go. God, tell me who is good. Tell me who is not. God, let my radar be okay. Tell me what I can take in. Tell me what I can't take in. Because I need instruction. And listen, it's okay to need instruction. And this is to men and to women because, you know, I really feel sorry sometimes for men because I don't know if it's ever a safe place for you guys to ask and say that you don't know. People just expect you to already have it. Actually, they're relying on you to have it. But like Manoah, like Manoah said, God, send him back. Send him back again so that he can tell me how to handle it. If you are in a season that after all that you have tried and you've applied all of your knowledge to the situation, I dare you to just go back to the Father and say, God, you are the instruction manual. God, this was created by you. This came from you. And I need for you to speak to me and show me how to do this. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, speak to me. Teach me. Guide me. Lead me. Direct me. Tell me what to say. Tell me how to handle this. And that's okay. Not just in what he's bringing through us, not just in what he's birthing through us, but God, in, a, in me, tell me how to be who you're calling. Tell me how to be what you're calling me to be. Don't let me use somebody else's blueprint to make what you called me to be. And social media is, gives you the, the biggest platform of comparison. 
it's hashtag mom goals, hashtag, you know, it's, 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 it's hashtag girl dad, hashtag whatever. Everybody is, has all these different things to flaunt to make you feel like, well, should I, should I have been doing that? Well, I haven't done that with my kids, or I haven't done that with my husband, I haven't done that with And it, it puts you in all these other people's boxes. But he said, it's, it's my stuff. I, I'm, I'm pulling that through you. Yeah. So sweet mom at such and such doesn't get to say what you do with my stuff. And what I'm bringing forth through you might not look like what the person next to you has because I gave them something else. And that's okay because it's my instruction that you have to follow in this season. For those of us that are in this space that are in this room today, let's just take a moment kind of to take the pressure off of ourselves. Grab onto God's hand so that he can walk us through this season. Amen? Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. God, you spoke. And we are grateful. God, our ears and our eyes and our hearts, God, are towards you right now. God, we thank you, God, for stepping into our barren season. God, standing on top of the fact that we could not produce and using that as your stage to get glory for what you're bringing forth. God, we thank you, God, for meeting us at our limits and exceeding to show that you are God. God, you are that space, God, that goes from where we stop to the excellence you called us to. God, we thank you for that. God, I ask God for those of us who are walking through a preparation season. God, help us to keep our ear to the cross, Lord God, so that we don't develop an appetite for things that will cause danger or risk to what it is you're trying to bring forth through us. God, let us lose the desire for things that will taint the call that you have on our lives. God, change our diet altogether, God, so that we will be safe breeding ground for you to constantly plant. Lord, one thing about a harvest is that you will always be in a season of harvest if there's always seed being sown. God, and it's not just in finance. God, I'm asking you, God, to constantly sow in us. Constantly sow your peace. Constantly sow your joy. Constantly sow your provision. God, so that we will be constantly in a season of harvest. God, let us be a safe place for what you want to bring forth. God, help us to reconcile and be okay with the fact that if they never know our name, God, if we never get a thank you, God, if there's no speech that ever honors us, God, let us be okay with the fact that you did, we did what you said, and you are pleased with our faithfulness. God, let us bring forth things that are consecrated to you. And let us not get in the way of what you're doing with what you're bringing forth through us. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for looking on this room and finding us worthy. Where the other people, where the rest of the world, God, will look at our barren state and disqualify us. God, you looked at our barrenness and thought this is perfect opportunity. God, I thank you. God, I ask for each and every person under the sound of my voice, God, strengthen them today. Father, for those who feel like they're just about to run out, 
God, I ask, God, that you step on the scene and show them that you are boundless. Father, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, I honor you. And I count these things as done in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Can every believer give God a hand? Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.